You are listening to The Parents Pod, the Arizona baby and toddler podcast from First Things First. I'm your host, Kay Valet. Your child's early years are really important. 90% of a child's brain develops by age five, and being the parent of a young child can be challenging, but you don't need to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. Just stay positive and be open to getting the information and support you need to do the best you can to help your little one learn and grow. They'll only have one early childhood, right? That's what First Things First is all about. We provide funding for early childhood programs that support the healthy development and learning of children from birth to age five. Things like parenting classes and workshops, developmental screenings, and much more. These programs are available to families with young kids and communities across Arizona at no cost to you. On this episode of The Parents Pod, we'll talk with two of my colleagues at First Things First to let you know all about the different early childhood programs we support. And we'll also let you know how you can find the programs available near you. It's easy. Vince Torres is the Senior Director of Children's Health and Family Support at First Things First. And Christine Waldweiser is our Family Support Specialist and also a new mom to a beautiful baby boy, which gives her an even better perspective into the kinds of information and help parents are looking for and how the programs funded by First Things First can help. My colleagues from First Things First are joining me today for this podcast. Welcome, Vince. Welcome, Christine. Thank Thank you you for having us. Happy to have you. Excited to talk about First Things First. Just wanted to say thank you. I really enjoy our work together, and it's so great to have you here today for the podcast. I also wanted to acknowledge Vince all of your work with family support and literacy and children's health, and Christine certainly your work with family support as well. And you happen to have an eight-month-old baby, so you can speak from a parent's experience as well. So well. Welcome. Thank Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. So at First Things First, I feel like we have a lot to offer families, all kinds of things for parents, parent education at all different kinds of levels and information. And we also have children's health and other early learning opportunities. Um, Can you speak to that a little bit about sort of what As a parent, if I'm struggling or I have questions about my child's development, what is it that First Things First has to offer? So being in the field and working closely with our continuum of family support strategies, which are available for families who are preparing for a new child or raising children birth to five, I had a lot of access to those resources as I was preparing for the birth of my first child and was knowledgeable of the resources and things I needed to do before I even gave birth, such as look at child care, look at what doctor I'm going to be sending him to, you know, of course, thinking about his teeth, even though he's not even out of my womb yet. Um, (laughs) But all of these things that I knew I had to plan for, which was so helpful. Um, So I was, at least I was physically... Intellectually I was intellectually prepared, uh, meaning I knew where I was going to take him to give birth. I knew what doctor he would see. And I knew what resources I had available at my fingertips when I did have questions in the moment. I didn't realize quite how many questions I would have in the moment because I I really thought, you know, I know all this. It's it was it was easy thinking about, you know, reading information on paper and knowing all about all these great programs and knowing about child development and health. But really when you're in the moment and it's your child, I was questioning everything and I didn't really fully realize how much I would question or how much I didn't know until I didn't know. 
before we go into all the details about the programs, I just want to acknowledge that First Things First is a funder of programs. And a lot of times we're working with local providers all across Arizona to provide the programs and services at no cost uh, to families. So certainly that is uh, a wonderful benefit, a wonderful opportunity. And again, we'll talk a little bit more now about um, some of the details of the programs that First Things First funds and has to offer. Sure. We have a variety of strategies in family support, a variety of programs that meet families where they're at based on their level of need. So, for example, speaking from my experience, um, I did have access to a lot of information. I had prior knowledge of child development, but I realized that there were still points in time where I needed additional support, learning more about you know, how to find a quality child care center, how to identify or ask questions of a pediatrician that fits my needs. But I also realized in going through this process how important and how beneficial it was for me that I had access to basic needs and support, such as transportation, um, you know, family support, my own family, my colleagues, you know, the, the the luxury of having information at my fingertips and being in the field, but also recognizing how challenging this would be for families who don't have those basic needs met, who may not um, have steady income, who may not have access to regular transportation, just how challenging it would be for those families to access information and really get themselves prepared for, for raising a young child. So we have services that again, meet families where they're at, meaning for for parents who feel a little bit more prepared, who might just need some in-the-moment um, support, we have services like the Birth of Five Helpline or Family Resource Centers that they can access as needed. Um, can I ask you a little bit sure. more about the helpline? What's that? Yes. Yeah, so the helpline, as you mentioned, is a free service um, available to all families and providers across the state of Arizona. They call the helpline to get their questions answered. It could be a question about where do I find a dentist or, you know, my child is extremely fussy and not sleeping through the night. Help me. And the helpline is staffed by early childhood professionals who are highly educated in the field of early childhood and can answer questions on the spot or be able to refer families and providers to more community-based concrete services in their individual communities. So you can just call a number and get some help from some folks, even if you have just a very simple question like, um, when are my baby's teeth going to come out? Absolutely. And families, as well as providers who serve families, can call the helpline to ask questions so professionals can be better informed about child development and be able to communicate or inform their work with families, or they can call on behalf of a family. Oh, so what about if I'm a grandparent or I'm a foster parent or can I call on the helpline too? Anyone who wants to learn more about early childhood or who works with a child, absolutely, it's free to anyone. And Christine, you mentioned also um, family resource centers. Yes. So we have um, a few programs such as Family Resource Centers and Parenting Outreach and Awareness that offer just general parenting information to families about early childhood. Um, Family Resource Centers are a community hub that houses multiple resources and experts in early childhood that families can come to if they have questions or want to access information or referrals to other community services, as well as in-house 
parenting activities that the Family Resource Centers offer. So that could be a a play group, a parent-child interaction group, could be a parent-focused class on a specific topic. Something I'm personally looking into right now is CPR uh, for infants. Oh. I am terrified of um, starting solids. Uh, I've started solids, but I am terrified of of making those. <laughs> I'm just terrified of my child um, choking. choking. <laughs> so I'm also trying to make my mother-in-law <laughs> go as well. But um, family resources can offer um, classes such as that that focus on a specific a specific topic. Or or car seat safety is a big one that's often um, offered through family resource centers as well. Well, that's good information. And a lot of times parents struggle with getting car seats properly installed into mm-hmm. their vehicles. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really important safety mm-hmm. measure. So the thing I just want to reiterate about family resource centers is they are community hubs located within communities, um, mainly in Maricopa County, that families can access and go for information, resources, and also socialization opportunities with other families. Sounds like a great opportunity. I understand that they're usually located within schools or libraries, and so when you were referring to community hubs, that would be the place to go, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you could talk a little bit about home visiting, too, home visitation with families. That's another uh, program that First Things First offers. Sure. So home visitation is a strategy that provides services for families in their home. So there are early childhood uh, experts and professionals that come and actually visit families in their homes to bring to them information and support on raising their young child. So as I, you know, again, as I was going through my own journey, realizing, you know, I do have access to a car. I do have access to all of these resources in a urban setting that are accessible to me. But there are many families who, based on you know additional challenges, would benefit more from having someone come to their home to provide them that support. I would imagine to not only because of transportation or sort of ease of having somebody come to me, but also as a parent, I might be struggling. Like you mentioned feeding time, for example, and I'm really struggling. My child doesn't want to eat what I'm offering or they're really fussy. I can imagine that a home visitor would be really helpful if they come and help me you know, feed my child at, at mealtime. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they can come and model some techniques and strategies to help that parent if they're struggling with a certain time of the day even. And I think what's interesting with the home uh, visiting work that's taking place is that what these professionals do is look at if there's uh, challenges or issues that a parent is noticing with vision or hearing or uh, developmental concerns such as communication or issues with uh, mobility like crawling or walking. If a parent is noticing this, then uh, within that home visitation, these professionals can uh, provide a level of evaluation and referral to address some of the concerns that they're noticing. Well, that's an interesting point. So we do have families that are sort of parents that are concerned about their child's development. They may be worried that they're a bit delayed or they're not doing what what the parent thinks they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing. Could you talk a little bit more, Vince, about developmental screenings? And as a parent, when I do have those questions, what then? 
Right. Um, well, a lot of that, I think, too, is uh, it, it's hard. It's difficult to identify those, right? So I think parents are, uh, there's a level of confusion or and, and going through the develop, developmental stages uh, is something that maybe parents aren't aware of. So through the home uh, visitation professionals and then through some of our other strategies that uh, like developmental and sensory screening, there are levels of these evaluations that can be performed out at uh, community centers and other venues. Uh, throughout the communities that people live in to help parents understand when a child is supposed to crawl, when are they supposed to walk, um, when should they be communicating uh, effectively and making sure that they have eye contact. Um, these are all the, the things that I think parents are wanting uh, information on. And so these services help provide that level of education and knowledge. I often hear from families, too, a lot about behavior. And so even from early on, oh, the baby's crying all the time. Mm. I can't get him to stop. I'm exhausted. What do I do? And even when they're into um, toddlerhood, uh, again, that example of they don't, they're fussy, they don't want to eat what's offered, um, are, or they're, they are fussy at certain times of the day or, you know, having tantrums and that, you know, when you're a toddler or preschooler. And so I, I hear from a lot of parents, too, that, you know, is my kid out to get me? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's going on with, with this behavior, right? Well, I think many of the programs that we offer really help with that support. And uh, again, going back to the family support systems and, and back to the Birth to Five helpline, I think there are uh, educational tools and support to help families through some of those more trying times. The other part I wanted to talk about too, so Christine, both you and Vince have mentioned quite a bit about doctors and dentists, and certainly I think from a first things first perspective, we work a lot in partnership with the medical dental community. Uh, so there are several programs that we offer through First Things First funding and local providers as well regarding both medical care and dental care, but we don't provide those services directly. Can you explain a little bit about what those programs are? Absolutely. First Things First has many oral health programs throughout the state. I think many of these programs are focused on parenting education. Um, you know, when do they get their first tooth? And many people may not understand when that is. In addition to the parenting education on oral health, a lot of these programs provide a level of checkup for your child's teeth. And in addition to that, they can apply a protective layer of film called fluoride. And this fluoride is extremely effective at preventing tooth decay. Um, I think in addition to those oral health services, many of the, the, the valuable uh, and crucial components of the oral health programs is really their ability to get people connected to a dental home, ultimately seeing a dentist. In my experience working with oral health programs in the past, some of the more fulfilling moments were hearing stories of parents leaving a dental appointment. Uh, one, because their, uh, their, their child was out of pain, uh, cavity-free, and ultimately leaving with a big smile, and I think that's what these programs are meant to do. Oftentimes in the past, a lot of families would have to seek care for individual issues. So if there are developmental concerns or if there are oral health concerns, um, behavior concerns, a lot of times you're having to seek the uh, treatment and education 
independently um, and, and without a level of coordination between these providers. So a lot of what we do here at First Things First is help uh, mitigate a little bit of that confusion and that uh, that process and how that is a burden on the families. So one of our programs, uh, which is called Care Coordination, does provide a level of assistance that helps connect patients to different providers based off of their child's needs. So if I have a little one and I'm bringing him to the pediatrician and I'm struggling with certain things, the doctor's making all kinds of referrals, I know he's making other appointments for us, it sounds like there's a care coordinator or someone that comes in and helps families make sense of all that and help them get to their appointments, get to the other support services or even um, prescriptions or anything Absolutely. that the doctor's recommending. That's exactly it. I think that, um, you know, a lot of that can be, it's it's very difficult to navigate um, how to schedule appointments. I think sometimes there are, as Christine said, transportation issues um, that families may be facing. Maybe sometimes there's a language barrier. So I think oftentimes these care coordinators will spend time with families to really understand the needs of the family and the child and get them to the services and the care that they need to receive. Oh, so it's like wraparound, helping me get to what I need when I need it. Absolutely. Great. Okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit um, and come back to the issue of child care. So as soon as you find out you're pregnant these days, it seems like you're the almost the immediate thing is to think about child care. What does First Things First offer around child care? We have a program called Quality First, which is a signature program on First Things First that supports early childhood centers across the state in providing quality child care for children. And part of that work is helping inform parents about what a quality child care center looks like and when to start looking. There's a really handy checklist, which I utilized in doing my tours with child care centers to say, you know, are teachers on the floor with children? Is the environment friendly and bright for children? Are there a variety of toys to play with? What is their process if a child gets sick or injured? Those types of questions that help parents um, inform their search for a child care that works for them and meets their needs. And also on the Quality First website, you can search for programs in your area by zip code to start to see which programs are enrolled in Quality First, meaning which programs are assigned a star rating, which shows their commitment and dedication to quality. So when we're talking about quality, essentially what we're talking about is the support for early learning for those youngest children. So even as an infant, toddler, or preschooler, childcare is an early learning experience. So it sounds like we support the teachers, the caregivers, those childcare centers. Vince, you mentioned there's over a thousand across the state uh, that are part of this Quality First program. So again, it sounds like to me that we really are just supporting and encouraging early learning in those childcare settings. Absolutely. I really appreciate all the work that you've done to sort of create all of this programming for families, for young children and families across the state. It really sounds like parents, if they have questions or concerns, they have all of these opportunities in their local communities, voluntary, free programs, no cost to the families. They can get to programs or services, get their questions answered, participate in services or programs where they need it, when they need it, 
And however they need it, they can call on the phone, it sounds like, they can receive information, and they can also work with early childhood professionals, whether it's in a parenting class or in the home or even through a medical practice. Children learn and grow so quickly, especially in the early years. It goes by so fast for families. Christine, I can imagine the first eight months has been like that. Snap. (laughs) (laughs) A blur of joy and questions. (laughs) And certainly as a parent, you have your own set of knowledge and beliefs. And so I think for a lot of families, too, they might have those questions about what to expect from their child. And we talked a little bit about the behaviors. And so part of that, too, is uh, parents and adults understanding what child development is. And is it really appropriate for my two-year-old to have chores or to sit at the table for two hours or, you know, whatever those kinds of things that families are struggling with. And if parents can participate, receive information or participate in programs, have a better understanding of child development and what resources and information programs are out there, they can best make the informed decisions about how to raise their children. Absolutely. We hope that uh, parents continue to seek some of these first things, first resources to help them through these early childhood development years. Thank you, guys. It was really great to have you in today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This is the part of the Parents Pod when we talk about how you can connect with programs and services in your Arizona community to get more information or to get some one-on-one support. It's easy to find the early childhood programs funded by First Things First near you by going to the Find Programs section of our website. You'll see it right on the home page at firstthingsfirst.org. Just type in your zip code and search for all the different types of programs and services available near you. You can click to email the programs you're interested in or give them a call to learn more about how you can participate. And remember, these programs are available at no cost to you. Take advantage of the parenting workshops and classes, home visiting programs, family resource centers, health programs, and more. These are helpful, friendly, and free programs for parents of babies, toddlers, and preschoolers that can help you support your child's healthy development and learning. Again, look for the Find Programs section of our website at firstthingsfirst.org. You can't miss it. The Parents Pod is brought to you by First Things First. First Things First is committed to supporting the healthy development and learning of Arizona's young children from birth to age five. For more information, visit us online at firstthingsfirst.org.